This is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Welcome to the bullpen. Friday edition of the bullpen. It's true. You can call us now. That is true. This is no that is no longer a lie. Your opinions are officially welcomed. Once again, it is no longer a lie. Well, that was never a lie. Your opinions I mean, were always welcome here. Just they, they, they weren't so easily. Uh, it kind of was a lie because they said they were welcome, but they weren't welcomed for a while. Is that right? And you know why? Because we got struck by lightning. That is right. We did get struck by lightning. I don't know if we've told anybody that. Have you heard? Have you heard the news? Well, but that is the honest to god truth. Yeah, yeah, we really got to stop talking about no, that. But thank God. So uh, we're back in the studio now. It's not quite as hot as it has been, and we got a lot to get to today. Yeah. Uh, but first and foremost, how are you? I'm great, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah things are good. Yeah. Things are fine. It's Friday. It's Friday, Luya. Did you enjoy that game last night? Um. Yeah. 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 It was all right. You yeah. know. It, it was it was not what I expected. It was kind of uh, it was it was actually more of a slugfest that I actually did expect. You know, yeah. I said it was going to be a low scoring game. Right. That was that was pretty average, I guess. But man, I'm worried about Justin Herbert. He did not look. He did not. That did not look like that felt good last night. It looked like he cracked a couple ribs. Yeah, it looked painful, and we will definitely get more into that coming up. But first. News out of the NBA as PayPal, the Jersey Patch partner of the Phoenix Suns, has announced today it will not be renewing its its sponsorship with the team uh, should majority owner Robert Sarver continue his role following his one-year suspension for racist and misogynist remarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say uh, CEO and President Dan Schulman says in a statement today, PayPal is a values-driven company, has a strong record of combating racism, sexism, and all forms of discrimination. We've reviewed the report of the NBA League's independent investigation into Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver and have found his conduct unacceptable and in conflict with our values. goes on to say, in light of the findings of the investigation, we will not renew our sponsorship should Robert Sarver remain involved with the Suns organization after serving his suspension. Hmm. And this is, you know, a lot of money involved here. Uh, Sources show uh, this PayPal deal with the Suns were worth $3 million last year. So a lot of revenue. That's a, that's that's a, that's a good chunk of change. A lot of revenue could be lost for yeah. sure. Uh, the sponsorship deal with the Suns uh, began in 2018. It also includes uh, WNBA's Phoenix Mercury, Spanish soccer team Real Club Deportivo Mallorca. These are all owned by Robert Sarver, and they're set to expire after the 2022-23 season. So, further evidence as to why you shouldn't be a jerk. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, yeah, no, and that's true. But it, it's amazing that these companies are holding uh, this guy to a higher standard than the employer who employs him. Basically, I, I don't even know if he's an employee. But did you see what Adam or what's his, what the hell is the commissioner's Adam Silver Adam said Silver? yesterday? Uh, that it was it was what uh, they have they're set to a different standard, right? Than everyone else than than most other owner type people are mm-hmm. and so the fact that he can say the n-word five times and adam silver silver's okay with that rules for thee but not for me man something like that i mean it's it's disgusting it really is you know he's been the owner for 17 years Who cares? You, you gotta wonder how for, you know how how many times over the, the previous years that somebody might right. have brought this up that it just never came to light until now so probably a lot. But anyway, you know, if he's you, doing it now. He was doing it back then. As I'm sure you're absolutely right. Run your mouth and lose a lot of money. Be yeah. a jerk. Lose a lot of money. Yeah. You know? Amen. That's and, that's and, pretty much how it is now. Uh, probably not the last we've heard of this. Probably not the only sponsor that is going to make this threat that PayPal is making. But uh, as of today, the company's jersey sponsor saying we won't come back if, he, if he comes back. Good. Good for them. Thank uh, you, PayPal. Uh, uh, Exciting game, you know, with the possibility of some fireworks set for here uh, tomorrow evening in Austin. Oh, are you talking about the Texas Longhorns of Austin? I think that's what they call themselves. They play here in the town, right? Not uh, San Antonio, not the University of Texas San Antonio, the University of Texas at Austin. Talking about the the Longhorns, not the Meep Meeps. Uh, but do you see this hype video that UTSA has released? Man, I keep hearing all about it. The only thing I know about, the only way, reason I know about it is because Ed literally described it in real time last night. That's on like Sports the only Talk. way you can really, like I was looking at it earlier today, hoping that maybe I could pull some audio from it for us yeah. to have. But uh, like what Ed did, that's really the only way you could Just really. Just a beat. 
Yeah, it's just, just that's all it is. Making fun of our state capital or some their state capital. Well, too, let's see. So uh, it was filmed. There were shots outside around town, outside the Capitol, outside the UT Tower, and uh, outside DKR Texas Memorial Stadium as well. Mm-hmm. Some people think they were just trying to show off what uniforms they were going to be playing in. Uh, Texas uh, senior cornerback uh, cornerback Deshaun Jameson, he actually took notice. He says the boys came over here to Austin to shoot a video. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's hope, though, you know, the other day we heard Coach Steve Sarkeesian, you know, mentioned uh, that was it the rat poison. Yeah. not To be careful not to take the rat poison, not to get too overconfident mm-hmm. by playing a quote-unquote lesser team. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's this is exactly what uh, you know Sark and the Longhorns need to be reminded of that. Oh, these guys they can't they're going to come to play ball. So let's show them what playing ball is all about. I, you can't really take them to you know too. You you can't go too lightly. You know you can't take them too lightly. I mean it, sure. it, it they've they what they they won twelve UTSA I think won twelve games last year. Yeah, it's something like that. Conference USA I think Conference USA champs. If think, I'm not mistaken. I think Texas is. I think Texas knows what they're up against. Oh, I do too. I. I but uh, you know, I, I. Human nature would say that you're coming off a game like the Alabama game last weekend, where, yeah, they didn't get the win, but it wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad loss by any means. Sure. If you're going to lose, I mean, you know, lose that way, and so you got to feel good about that. You got to feel empowered, like you. Yeah, we. We're as good as we knew we were. Everybody else is the one. They're, they're the ones that weren't giving us credit. So you, it's. I think with human nature, it would be easy to come into this game a little overconfident. So, you know, you see a hype video like that. They're on your campus. Yeah. Go regulate on them. That's what I'd do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope they have the – I would assume they have the mindset of, hey, we have a backup quarterback, so we got to – we as a team need to step up to make sure that he's successful because we are playing a lesser opponent, but to to an extent they aren't a lesser opponent. They are actually pretty good, so we got to maintain focus this whole week. Yeah, and so uh, actually Sark was asked about this, you know, kind of the maintaining of the focus and, uh, you know, the the difference of opponents, so to speak, you know, because they won't be playing Alabama, but nevertheless, they're going to be playing an all right team. So pumped to be playing at home, home night game. You know, like I said, you only get seven of these and, you know, hopefully, you know, we can we can recreate an unbelievable atmosphere, a sellout again and looking forward to seeing all of our fans and their support. We, their energy is so impactful on what we do, but like I told the team, you know, we've set a new standard for ourselves from a style of play, from a quality of play perspective. In turn, we've set new expectations for our fans. You know, our fans are expecting us to come in and play that brand of football, that style of football. So regardless of the opponent, and that, that again, that to take nothing away from you at UTSA, regardless of the opponent, there's a standard and an expectation for which we play the game of football. And that's what our fans expect. That's what we expect as coaches. And I think that's what our team expects from one another. And if we do that, then then we all can be proud of the way that we play the game. So, uh, so, so there you go. You know, a little bit of expectations, a little bit from the team, a little bit of fan expectations. Yeah. Uh, there are still plenty of questions, too, about, you know, who's going to throw the ball mm-hmm. for, for Texas. Yeah. Uh, and, Anxious. And I heard. So I got a little touchy yeah. uh, when, when, when he was asked about this. Um, I mean, everybody wants to know, right? It's fair. We all know Quinn Ewers isn't going to get the start, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but there is the possibility we could see Hudson Card, could see Charles Wright, right? We uh, don't know. That's Sark, why they ask the questions, Sark. Sark's not a fan of answering some of these questions. You guys can keep poking the bear on what I do at quarterback. At the end of the day, I'm not going to give you game planning decisions or how we practice. There's a reason you guys don't come to practice, right? If I wanted you to know who took snaps, I'd let you come to practice. Fair enough. I guess. Fair enough. But again, they have to ask. That is their job. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a it's a very big topic of discussion because they're down their their top quarterback, and we don't know exactly what we're going to get from Hudson Cart because he's hurt. And Charles Charles Wright come you know came out of left field. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, he did. Um, and Malik Murphy, we know we're not going to see him because apparently he's not healthy. Still deal, still it. dealing with, with some kind of injury. Well, we don't know. He's not well, or he's or not something telling us like anything. Uh, so this would be the the first career start for Charles Wright if Card is ruled inactive. He's still day to day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Sark says he has been pretty pleased with Wright's uh, performance. You know, there uh, as QB. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I at this point, I expect Hudson Card to be out there. I do too. I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I'm not too. He'll concerned. have a short leash, probably. 
Probably. I mean, you don't want him limping around all that. Yeah. Although I'm saying for re-aggravating an injury, not like you know he throws an interception well, I mean. his second yeah. throw of the game, right? Yeah. yeah. No, you definitely you don't want him out there hurting himself. Right. Uh, but uh, Sark did say that neither Card nor Ewers has structural damage, mm-hmm. you know, which is good. And of course, you know, Ewers hurt himself. I guess he's probably uh, supposed to be out. Uh, what up to about six? About six weeks. But we don't know. I think we don't know. Is the possibility for him? I mean, in in hearing Sark's press conference today, it kind of sounded like he improved. And he said uh, Hudson Card was improving too. So we don't I, we don't know when we're going to see yours or not. Yeah. Well, so what exactly is the team's focus uh, heading into tomorrow? Well, the, all all signs said indicate to that. Like I said, I thought we had a really good meetings on Monday. I thought the energy was really good on Tuesday. You know, one of the signs of not respecting an opponent. Let's let's say is the energy at practice isn't where it needs to be. And I thought, like I said, Tuesday was a really good practice. There was good energy. It was really good physicality. It was hard. I thought they came back today with a really good understanding of the game plan in all three phases and operated at a high level. Uh, I think there's good intent. You know, you never know until the ball's kicked off, obviously, of of how we're going to play. But all signs are pointing to and indicating to that uh, UTSA definitely got their attention as soon as we turn the tape on, that they've put in the right mental focus in preparation. They put in the right physical preparation and practice. And I think emotionally, I think they've done a nice job of quieting the noise. The noise is different this week. You know, the noise last week was we can't play with Alabama. And they felt like they had something to go go prove. This week, the noise has been, well, now they've, you know, Texas has arrived and they played with Alabama and that we're going to overlook UTSA. So we've got something different to prove that we've got the right maturity to, regardless of the opponent, play our style, our brand of football with, with some real intent. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. They're, yeah, let's hope so. They're going to play with some real intent indeed. Let's head to the phones now. Toolman Tim wants to weigh in on a little college football. Toolman Tim. How you doing, Tim? Hey, fellas, uh, look here, man. Sorry I didn't make it in last week. Uh, short week, holiday, a little under the weather, but everything went as scripted. Uh, real quick, you know, congratulations to UT on uh, getting into the polls after losing a game. Not sure that how that happened. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering that, too. That's the way they lost it. Yeah. And who they yeah. lost to. It was such a good loss, they had to give them That's votes. Damn, damn right. Oh, God. That's- <laughs> A good loss. Oh, it's like the two words. Those two words don't belong together. Oh, man. I, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, but look, the kid made a Heisman winning play. I'm going to put it out there. I got dibs on him being the first since Archie Griffin. I believe it was 76 to go back to back. Unless the dude did not quit doers, if I'm saying that right, out of the game. Uh, gets it too, and, and I actually wouldn't be surprised on either one of those guys. But that that move was pretty cool. Uh, second of all, just want to say how excited I am that Notre Dame is under uh, winless. That is nothing that makes my day. You know, as a Hurricane fan, it's two teams: it's the Canes and whoever's playing Notre Dame. Uh, looking forward to Florida State getting a little better, but we got them at home this year. We'll see how that goes, and. Uh, you know, do you have any opinions on Do you have any opinions on Pac-12 schools, Tim? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm surprised Utah lost. I'm really? Surprised Baylor lost to BYU. Okay. Um, man, what can you say? You know, uh, Arkansas is a good team. Watch out! But they're going to be uh, they're going to be in a situation they keep winning, but their schedule is looking really tough for the next three games. We'll see how it all works out. SEC, man, you know you. It's tough. Yes, but, sir. Um, last but not least, you know, just found out yesterday that McCain's lost their, you know, not only their best receiver, but pretty much the heart of the team. And as I was telling your screener, you know, you take away Xavier Restrepo, who uh, just like the quarterback Tyler Van Dyke, who has lived up to the hype. You know, those two guys should have been playing a long time ago. Their roommate and uh, taking the heart out of me a little bit, and I was telling your screener it's a little like uh, taking C.D. Lamb out of the equation for the Cowboys. You know, where do you go with the ball? What are you going to do? But I got to go with that next man up theory. Uh, we got a chance. We still got a chance. 
I also just read that Mac Johnson might be starting. He, he, he is starting. He the is, other he, young man. He is for sure starting. I'm, you know, I don't know if we got tape on him. I was sure looking forward to the other kids starting because he seemed like he may like to throw it to the other team a little bit. Who you got <laughs> then? Who you got in that game? Man, I, it could go either way. You know, the Canes got the, they got the talent, but they, they seem to get down on themselves when one thing happens. I will say that uh, the running back that transferred from, I believe, Ole Miss last year, uh, Henry Parrish Jr., uh, ran all over him last year when he played uh, against A&M in that game. Uh, and he's been doing extremely well this year. We have our best running back, as far as I'm concerned, who can run and catch out about backfield. We called him Rooster. Is when he was a kid, Jalen Knight and dad used to put him in the in the pen and make him chase the chicken, and that sure worked <laughs> out real good because he was solid last year. Hey Tim, we, we we we're up against the clock here. We got to take a break. Give us a quick uh, give us a quick prediction here. A uh, and M A and M Miami. Who do you like? 21 20 Canes. 21 20 Canes. You heard it. That's fun. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate your win. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Have a great weekend. You too, man. And we'll be back here on the bullpen. Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Yeah, welcome back to the bullpen on this Friday afternoon. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. 512 834 1027 is the number. Talking a little college football before the break. And uh, some news out of North Texas mm-hmm. involving the Texas Longhorns. In fact, involving Texas Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Apparently spotted up in Denton last night Uh-oh. watching uh, Denton Ryan take on Saginaw, getting an in-person look at five-star linebacker Anthony Hill, who's committed to Texas A&M this summer. Mm-hmm. It was a major recruiting win for Jimbo Fisher, right? But the Longhorns were his only other finalists. So it was also a, a pretty big, pretty significant in-state recruiting coup for yeah. Fisher as well. yeah. Clearly, Sark's not not satisfied. He's clearly actively working to flip the nation's number. He's a number 17 overall prospect, number one linebacker. He was up there with the co-defensive coordinator, Jeff Chope, seen on the sideline of Denton Ryan's game against Saginaw. Uh, this kid's 6'2", 225. Uh, it comes on the eve of, of Hill's official visit to Texas A&M, and that's a weekend that's expected to be loaded with big-time visitors, you know, uh, including the class of 2024 five-star quarterback DJ Lagway pair of elite wide receivers, LSU commit Jalen Brown and Longview's Jalen Hale. So I didn't hear Archie Manning name in there, so well, who cares about the other five-star? We're talking about that's what A&M. I know. A&M guys, I right? know. Texas, obviously, that's what I'm saying. Obviously no. making a push for this. Now, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, what, uh, Texas number two recruiting class? Number two. Number yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. So imagine what this would do. It would do wonders. It would only make <laughs> things better. Now, you did mention Arch Manning. Obviously, the Longhorn program not holding back in its recruiting visits. Um, Apparently according, not. According to some public <laughs> records that have been obtained by the Atlantic, the Longhorn spent nearly six, six hundred and thirty grand on two recruiting weekends back in June. That includes the June seventeenth to nineteenth official visit by Arch Manning and eight other recruits that featured five star accommodations, virtually all you can eat fare for them and for their families. Now the Manning visit alone, two hundred eighty thousand dollars spent on the nine recruits, resulted in four commitments so far. Manning. Uh, he announced he played for the Longhorns June 23rd, and four days after that, uh, his high school teammate, uh, teammate three-star tight end Will Randall committed, uh, and then others as well. But I mean, extravagance, that appears to be the standard here at Texas. Nearly $350,000 spent on the weekend of June 24th on 14 recruits. Twelve players from that group have committed to the Longhorns. You're talking about full spread in the rooms at Four Seasons Austin, photo shoot at DKR, trip to Top Golf, lavish meals, and a breakfast at the home of Sark. Oh, at his home. At his home. Okay. At his home. I wonder how much that costs. Uh, Well, just that that alone. Uh, Texas, they spent $1.275 million on recruiting in in 2019. That was the 13th most that year. Georgia led at almost $3.7 million. Well, this tells me that Texas needs to step it up then. If they want to be in Georgia land, they need to step up their their money then. That's a lot of money. And look, that's great. I have nothing wrong. If they did that to me, I'd I'd sign here too. I think that I mean. Listen, I see nothing wrong with this. It sounds to me like the dollar signs are are growing larger. Because imagine how much money those guys make back for the school, yeah. you know, yeah. for for playing well in a, in a game. Yeah. So that is a great tra- trade off. I it again, step up to the Georgia land. All right, go four mil. I, yeah. Do it. Hey, if it's worth doing, it's worth if doing it's right. Worth, right. Exactly. That's right. And if we if you're lower tiered, 
we're talking about this, and, and they're still way below Georgia and all the other top top schools. Step it up. Step it up. Spend more indeed. money. Well, it sounds we like don't care. They just uh, they've got a ways to go to catch the Bulldogs. Not my money. That's right. I wish it was my money. <laughs> Me too. Uh, hey, over in the NFL, so the game last night, uh, the Chiefs looking, looking all right, you know, 27-24. They defeated the Chargers. Uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, 24-35 for 235 yards, two touchdowns. He outdueled Justin Herbert, who uh, has suffered a rib injury in that loss. He's he got un- lucky. He's undergone some x-rays. In fact, uh, he got hit a few times. Uh, he took a hit from uh, d- defensive end Mike Dana. That left him lying out for an extended period. He missed a play, then he came back, and then immediately he got crushed between Frank Clark and yeah. uh, uh, George Karlaftis. Yep. He still stayed in the game, right? But uh, He shouldn't have, by the way. No, he didn't Definitely talk to anybody not. afterwards. Um, the Chargers coach, Brandon Staley, downplayed the injury. You know, He says it was just a tough NFL game. He took some big hits. I think that's an understatement, right? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. He was hurt. He he got not only did he get hit twice, he also the guy the first guy who hit him fell right on top of his shoulder and ribs. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to one can only speculate what happened. And he finished with 334 passing yards. He had three TDs, one interception. That was the one that was returned 99 yards for a touchdown. Um, yeah, they were look. They were well on their way to winning this game. The defense kind of slowed up a bit, and then Herbert got hurt. But I mean, man. They were they were right there. If he didn't throw that pick six, if if Ger- if uh, oh god, what's his name, uh, Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett, I mean, and they and they showcased it on the replay on that pick six. He was tired. He was trying to leave the game, uh, the play after because you know he had a bunch of plays to him before that. Right. So then he's on the goal line and he's not really giving his full effort. And of course the ball goes right to him and he's not in the right spot. He needs to move to his right about a foot. And he can't do it because he's exhausted, and the and the defender jumped him. Did you see the uh, the Asante Samuel Jr. interception? I did. Yeah. Do you think that the call was was clearly and obviously wrong? A lot wow. of people did. I mean, it hit the ground. What what's what's wrong with that? Well, I, a lot of people are arguing that uh, that 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 the call the ruling. Um, so it was a big play. The Chargers were leading by ten, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would have had the ball at Kansas City thirty. Uh, could have gone up by seventeen and uh, sent the home team's fan home. Uh, home team's fan homes. The fans sent them home. Early. Send them home early, dude. Right. <laughs> it's Friday. Um, You've been here since what? Two a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so according to senior NFL senior VP of officiating Walt Anderson, uh, he says what we saw was that the ball did hit the ground and that he had not secured and maintained control of the ball after it hit the ground. We saw movement of the ball after it hit the ground, and then the ground ended up helping him resecure it. So the ball hit the ground. He was going down. He did not maintain control of the ball. Um, and so there's just there's just been a lot of questions I've seen on social media of people questioning that call. Mm. Uh, a lot of people not believing I, that it was the right call. I didn't know if you had yourself an opinion on that. Yeah, no. I mean, look, I, I was cheering for the Chargers. I wanted them to win, but that did not look like an interception. I mean, he had he had half the ball in his cupped hands, and the other half landed on the ground. That's, that's a clear sign. And yeah, they said I, the ball moved. I didn't quite see that, but I don't remember. That was a while ago. Yeah. Um, it it I I didn't argue it. I didn't I didn't I didn't see any issue with it. So I kind of just moved on. I didn't realize it was such a big deal. Yeah. No. It, it, apparently, it, it lit up the Twitter world for a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, also lighting up the Twitter world last night was it's not hard to do anymore. The first Thursday night football broadcast on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. caused a lot of confusion for football fans, especially older football fans who couldn't really figure out how to access the game. <laughs> And they realized it wasn't on their, you know, their Time Warner cable package or whatever it is, Spectrum nowadays. Their antennas, their bunny ears. Right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, NFL, uh, you're going to have to get used to this, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 Amazon signed a $13 billion deal through 2033, right? Mm-hmm. They pay a billion dollars a year to show t- showcase 15 exclusive games. So you're going to have to get used to the way this works. The problem here is that you've got to have an Amazon Prime subscription, right? right? 15 bucks a month, 140 bucks a year, you know, your choice, but... You got to pay for it, um, but fans, you know, I mean, eventually found a way. I heard too that even bars, you know, were supposed to be able to get access to it through. I, I don't know, it's like Directv or something like that. Mm. And they didn't. Or they, they didn't. also had a problem. Yeah, so well, well, that's not surprising. You know, you're talking about Jeff Bezos. And what I did, he's all see, about money for him, and what everyone else can just, you know, Jeff Bezos got money. When did this happen? A little bit. When did this happen? Even with the divorce, he still's got. He still has plenty. Somebody hit the breaking news sounder on that one. Uh, here over here in Texas, a little, uh, some uh, injury news out of uh, Houston. 
as uh, we uh, we've gotten some news from head coach Levy Smith uh, about Justin uh, Justin Britt. Justin Britt will not play this week. Uh, you know, as I've told you, he's been out for personal reason. We'll be able to give you more information a little bit later on in the day, but he will not par- uh, play this week. Right now, and that's all I can say is that. Well, we have some different options. You know, I don't go into, you know, starting line exactly who's going to play. Or any, I never will, no matter what. But you kind of look at the roster a little bit. We have options, and uh, we look at our options and go from there. I was actually Mike, in, incorrect there. Hit the wrong button. Uh, I, I said injury uh, news. Actually, it's not an injury. Uh, the, the veteran center actually just out for personal reasons. I guess he, he was not not happy with his his performance. Something about his performance he was oh. very unhappy with uh, in the, their game against Indianapolis. So Interesting. He'll be out. Hmm. He will be out. Well, let's hope he's all right. Uh, up in Dallas, head coach Mike McCarthy wanting a smarter, more conservative offense for Cooper Rush. He says he wants his offense to play the kind of football that doesn't put too much pressure on him because he's not quite as experienced as Dak Prescott, who remains injured. Uh, and uh, so uh, uh, let's see here. We were, uh, here we go. Kellen and the offensive staff have been working on this since April. You know, well, shoot, a lot longer in April, but working with the with the players since April. So, you know, we just got to trust what we what we build on our menu, and you know, you got to adjust when you have change in in lineup, and you know, and we definitely are, are working through that, and and want to make sure we're helping, and, and but maybe not being as conservative as, as you'd like to be. And you know, let's be honest. I mean, in Kellen's time as a coordinator, he's he's been able to play very very aggressive, you know, and um, but you know, we're we're in a we're in a phase right now that we gotta we gotta be a little smarter in, in certain situations. So, I mean, it's that's all part of growing as a play caller yet another thing that lit up twitter that comment right there calling out his coach that right there be a little smarter that's surprising a lot of people think that that was an accusation that uh kellen moore you know straight at kellen moore saying you know throwing him under the bus basically kind of sounded like that uh you know mentioned him right in the beginning play calling hadn't been smart yeah now i mean a lot of others think that he wasn't necessarily blaming Moore, but you know just acknowledging the reality that the cowboys they got to be cautious they can't put too much pressure you know, can't put too much weight on the Cooper Rush shoulders. I mean, do you got to call your coach out in the media to make sure he knows that? No, no, I mean, damn. No, I, I don't think so. Uh, Rush is going to be taking over this. I mean, this offense is built for Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. So there are going to be some major adjustments they're going to have to make. Um, I mean, you got to make sure your offense still functions, but but also work with, with Cooper Rush. They didn't look too good this past weekend. Not expecting a whole lot from this um, weekend. Yeah, I'm really not. Uh, hopefully the defense can hold it to a close game, but... I don't know anything about Cooper Rush. I have never seen him play, but I, I, I can expect it's not going to be like a Dak. So, CD Lamb weighed in on on the, this week and and uh, whether or not he's bothered by his performance last week. Nah, nah. I mean, it's that was week one last week. Uh, we understand the situation and we understand what we got to do to be better. But as a team, we understand the guys that we have in this locker room and the things that we need to do to be successful. Uh, obviously, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't come out with a win or nor did I have the biggest game if you will but uh I mean it's a start for me I haven't you know played in the game since January and not using that as an excuse or anything but like it's different when you have guys really come and try to tackle you know what I'm saying so just locking in again getting back in shape and ready to go again next week yeah I'm a little worried about this team man they're not saying the right things they are not. They, they are, are not. really not. They are not saying the right things. And, and speaking of the right things, gonna, speaking of someone who's got the right stuff, is that Chewy over there? Is that John the Jet? Turn that mic. Me, turn yes. that mic on. Hang on. There it's we me, go. Uh, mic's up. What a segue from Mike McCarthy to Chewy. Welcome. I stay alive, especially during fight weekend. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, you're in here to talk a little boxing. A little, yes. little fight weekend. The big uh, Canelo Triple G uh, trilogy rubber match. I get. Well, I didn't rubber match because. We got that bunk call in the first fight. But. I don't know what you would call it, uh, but I live, you live, we live for these uh, trilogies, these ongoing sagas between two people. I I don't even know where to start, number one. Maybe we should start with Jake Paul, Anderson Silva. We can get to that, too. We get with that. that we, there, there's a, there are a lot of fights to talk about, and we will definitely be getting to that momentarily. we uh, we got to take a quick break here in the bullpen, but, uh, yeah, we got a little fight talk coming up, uh, but also right after the break. Uh, a little, a little uh, Astros baseball talk. We'll head to the uh, the ballpark real quick, and then we will head over to the square circle for a little bit of a uh, boxing fight with the Triple G. That I, I can't wait for this fight. It's going to be exciting because of some of the picks I've heard as well. And I'm pretty sure Jake Paul's going to get his ass kicked. Later I remember telling you this. You didn't even believe me what, when Jake I first Paul told was you that this was Anderson happening. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird one, man. <laughs> that's a weird. Was a YouTuber? 
You're fighting a I UFC know. legend. Apparently, he's kind of like, you know, he's not bad, right? Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. He's okay. all right. He's we'll all get right. To it. That more here on the bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Hey, welcome back to the Bullpen. Friday edition of the Bullpen. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, Chewy in the studio as well. 512-834-1027 is the number here. And we uh about to get into some fight talk. I'm so excited about that. But before we do that, a couple of, a couple of notes real quick out of the ballpark. We uh, have to talk about the Astros. We have to talk about the Astros. We have to. To talk about the Houston's magic number to clinch a playoff spot now down to one. Oh, yeah, it'll be the sixth straight season the Astros will play meaningful October baseball. Not that you care, but the Mariners is 15. Mariners, that, that's, that's their the lucky number, the magic number 15. Yeah, baby. Uh, also, it's fair to say Lance McCullers Jr. pretty ready for the moment. He struck out a season high 11 in the Astros 5 2 win last night over the A's at the Juice Box in Houston. Probably also fair to assume Justin Verlander, who's in the midst of his own little Cy Young-worthy kind of year, even though he's been dealing with with injuries, uh, is uh, going to be returned to the rotation today. Is he? So uh, they are bringing him back. Yeah, he's, okay. re- he's returning. So they're going to give him at least two more starts then, like I thought. Yeah. I said two or three, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, so probably safe to, to assume he's going to be heading up the, uh, the, the the postseason start. Yeah, he needs some warm-ups. Fremer Valdez, who's got 24 consecutive quality starts. And Lance McCullers, after last night, almost is guaranteed to be number three in the rotation. Fremer Valdez might be the number one uh, starter for this team in a couple years. It's very possible. Just very counting, possible. especially if uh, Verlander retires. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he might be their ace. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's possible. We, we will see. Astros 94-50. and 50. Uh, Magic number to clinch their fifth AL West in the past six seasons is now at six. And uh, the most encouraging sign they got McCullers back in those eight games, the fact that he's he's posting a 2.34 ERA in his past. Yeah, they're going to be six fine. Stars. They're 12 games ahead injured. of the Mariners yeah. for second place. So. Yeah. Or for first place. So uh, Also, real quick look at the uh, the MVP race. Looks like uh, Aaron Judge right now uh, got 36 first place votes over Shohei Otani's 14 first what? place votes over in the AL right now. Whoa. Yeah, if it were to happen. And then That's over not the, cool. Oh, Who voted? Uh, let's see. These are – who did vote here? MLV. Okay, so this is MLB. It's just a MLB.com photos. Yeah, yeah, so this is just okay. fan poll. Yeah, I think the writers. Yeah, well, writers yeah. I mean, obviously, this is nothing smarter. official. Just kind of looking as we're heading, you know, halfway through September. Well, you know what? The fans are wrong. Over in the National League, it's not even close. Though. Paul Goldschmidt's got 47 yeah. to Nolan Arenado's two. I hope he gets a triple crown, but it sounds like it's not going to happen. There's that. Yeah. And uh, real quick, some news. Uh, sad news for Mets fans. Uh, All star catcher John Stearns has died at age 71. Uh, he was last seen at the Mets Old Timers Day at City Field just last month, but he uh, mm. lost uh, lost his battle to prostate cancer. Oh man! Or as uh, get Nor- your as Norm McDonald might have said, he he pulled a draw with prostate cancer. Get your screenings, gentlemen. Yes, indeed. It's importante. Yes, indeed. So tomorrow, fight, 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 fight number three: fight. Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin. Uh this is going to be interesting because Golovkin, for the first time, he's moving up to super middleweight. Yeah, he's going to be fighting, I believe, at one sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be the first time that he's been up there to fight the like this. But Canelo, as we've seen, absolutely lethal at at one sixty-eight. And I don't know who has the advantage here. Uh, Canelo having just come off of a light heavyweight fight, and Golovkin already having weird goat hoof strength of jabs and everything like that and moving up and being heavier. Right. I think a lot of people are seeing Golovkin having the advantage at that weight class for some reason. But it's I think that really means nothing to Canelo because you're already fighting light heavyweights. You've already fought uh who was the other Russian guy that was the light heavyweight? Kovalev. Oh Kovalev. Yeah. 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 All the Russians he already fought them all. Right. Did you say goat hoof strength? There's something like there's, there's some men where like that just sounds like a terrifying punch. Like, I would not punches? want to get hit by that person. No, yeah. no, no. He that has, sounds like scary as hell. He's the kind of guy that rattles ancestors. That's when he hits I'm going to use that. Yeah. That's good. Well, here's what here's what's scary about Golovkin. You know, starting off, you know, the first four, maybe five fights I watched of his, three or four of them were knockouts by body punches. Yeah. And so there's he, he a, terrified everybody back then. Yeah, yeah. But again, this is the third fight, so Canelo's already felt what it's like to be hit by Golovkin. Uh, what I do see, I rewatched the second match, which again was amazing. Uh, I know how you score the first and second matches, but I think, I think Golovkin may actually take this one. And I'm not the only one. Ryan Garcia also gave the same. Really? 
same thoughts. And the only way Canelo can win this, in my opinion, they're both coming forward and clashing, right? That's sure. the, both their styles. Sure. Mexican style, as, right. as Golovkin would put it. Um, unless Canelo can actually let allow himself to be pressed a little bit, set traps, and actually counter, counter, because he is a counter puncher. That's mm-hmm. what he has over Golovkin. Mm-hmm. That's that 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 has to be your key strength, and you have to utilize it here by fainting a lot and setting all of those traps and letting Golovkin step into it. But I don't think that's going to happen because Canelo has so much to prove after that loss to Bivol. I think that he's the other issue is is he that's what he's he's looking past Golovkin. He's looking for the Bivol fight next one, which I don't think Bivol's looking for, by the way. Mm. He's he is also I don't know what he meant by the statement I don't want to fight any more Mexicans anymore. I'm done. Like I I don't know where his head is at, but I don't think it is in the Golovkin fight. Number two, Golovkin, this is it for him. He's becoming an old man. Well, he's forty years old, and yeah. he yeah. this is the fight of his dreams. Yeah, I, it, I've it, never it's seen a, him, absolutely a must win for him. It's a must win for him, and mm. I think that those those few things I just said are going to make the difference. And I don't even want to say because I'm a Canelo fan. I think he he's he belongs in the halls of fame in boxing. He's already made his point. He it's extra credit at this point. I think he's Can- taking extra adventures in the sure, game. Sure, sure. And I think Canelo and Golovkin are both first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah, abso- absolutely. No, no question about 100% it. One hundred percent what they have done. It. But I think this fight. I I want to say that it is Golovkin, and I and it hurts me to say that. But if I had to actually give an analysis. But again, Canelo surprised everybody all the time. All right, so so you, so you uh, as you rightfully mentioned, Canelo is is very dangerous with the counter punch. He's also very dangerous with the body punch. And in recent fights, we've seen Golovkin take some damage to the body in ways we hadn't seen him in years past. So I, I gotta wonder if he's gonna get hurt to the body a lot tomorrow night. You know, Golovkin is just one of those guys that's very, and I don't know, maybe we'll see him age in the ring or something. Something will be a little different. But if he fights the same way the first two fights, I don't think I don't think he is going to have an issue. He's felt Canelo's power but at least those at two times. But not at one sixty eight. He's never felt that power at one sixty eight. You're right. I mean, you're absolutely right in that in that sense. But I think Golovkin, he's he's taken some of those punches and i've seen the punches he's taken he has a chin he hasn't been down no that's true i i i so, I, so you think are you, all right so you like golovkin that, that's just what like, i'm saying i think there's going to like be golovkin more golovkin by split decision you think i think it'll be a split decision i think golovkin's just going to have more of those power punches coming forward cuz all he's really going to be landing are those straights so you don't you don't think there's a likelihood of a of a Canelo stoppage say round ten? I don't I don't think so. See, I just worry about the I just worry about that Golovkin body. Uh, that I just it's become a, a liability for him as he's gotten older. I think. We'll see. So I worry about I worry about him getting uh, the, basically he gets tagged tagged in the body. Canelo opens up Golovkin's head, and that could that could conceivably. Yeah, do some serious damage. It's been a while. That's what I worried about. And three years is like a decade in ring years. So yeah, you you have a good point. But I I just for some reason I just have uh, maybe it's a feeling. It's something that I'm seeing just Canelo's attitude during during training. I haven't seen a lot of his interviews when it when it comes to uh, fighting Golovkin for this third time. He doesn't seem. I, I don't think it's something he wanted to really do. It's not know? like it's not like their first two. Where I mean, you saw him out there, you know, with Max Kellerman, you know, and doing making the rounds, running their mouths at each other. Well, Canelo more than Golovkin, as you know, but mm-hmm. but yeah, you haven't seen a whole lot. I haven't seen much from Golovkin either. Gennady yeah. Golovkin hadn't been saying very much. But Triple- Golovkin is just a really he's he's always charmed us. He's always been that you very know nice guy, very cordial and nice and humble and uh, he's a nice guy. You can't help but really like that guy. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know Canelo again, superstar. Uh, just a classic, you know, prize fighter and a boxer, boxer. So, right. my so as far as I'm concerned, this is a rubber match, even though technically it's not because they they drew mm-hmm. that first fight, which Golovkin won. As far as I'm concerned, Adelaide Bird never should be allowed to to judge a fight again with that one eighteen one ten nonsense that she threw out there. Well, yeah. but either either way, it's it's zero one right now for for Golovkin. Uh, this is a must win. No matter what, I think you know his. He's in the sunset years of his career. 
Uh, but my prediction, as much as I don't like this, because aside from Marvin Hagler, Golovkin is my favorite. You know, Hagler and, and Golovkin are my fi- my favorite fighters of all time. Those are those are some dudes with some chins. <laughs> you like guys with chins, right? Is what you like? But I I'm I'm taking uh, Canelo by stoppage in ten. Really? Yeah. That's 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 where I'm going. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I can see again. I can see both of them going the other. Can, Canelo trains, and at the weight class that he's at, again, you said he could have a lot more power. I think he will. Only time will tell. But again, when you move up and move down, we remember the Roy Jones effect of moving up in weight class and coming back down. And sometimes you don't have that snap, that speed, that counter, which which is key in countering. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping that Canelo didn't lose any of that. I don't think he does. I think he's young, but we'll have to see. We'll find out tomorrow. Main card begins 7 p.m. And then uh, uh, main event, uh, we'll probably see Canelo and Triple G rolling out about 11 o'clock tomorrow night. Let's talk about the real fight, the real main event. Jake Paul you, versus you, you're Anderson at this Silva. Jake Paul nonsense. <laughs> I know and people. I know boxing boxing fans really hate it because it's like, first off, how can you really watch it? These people can't can hardly box. I, I can't. I think we Adrian Peterson got knocked out a couple weeks ago. Was that a yeah. fight? Yep, that was a fight. It was a boxing who, match. Who did he fight? It was uh, the former running back for the Steelers and Jets. Yeah, uh, wait, so we had two NF, we had two NFL, two these former NFL, NFL players, fighters. These other athletes are starting to take fights. And it's super like, I mean, I guess it's interesting They're because good. it's a name. But if you're a boxing fan, it doesn't, nah. it's not Le'Veon Bell. It was Le'Veon Bell. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. What yeah. a random match. It definitely doesn't blow your hair back if, if you're a real fan Did they guys like that fight. Or something? I don't think so. I don't know. It's really weird yeah, that, that this whole thing. money, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it was just a money grab, probably. But apparently everybody's just taking a card out of uh, Jake Paul's hat here. So. And so when did this when did this all start? I mean, we, we what was it, McGregor Mayweather? Is that is that when like we we first started really seeing this kind of thing? Hit that the was the crossover that kind of broke. Uh, I don't know the fourth wall or, or broke you know ground. That was that was Run DMC breaking through the wall <laughs> and getting onto the Aerosmith uh, stage. Yeah, but uh, I think that that's probably cool, somewhere though. where it all started. But anyway, we've made it to Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva, and it's a weird one. Catchweight, one eighty seven. Well, They're for, finding one hundred eighty seven pounds. I thought Paul was bigger than that. Here's the thing. I can say that, okay, wow, you're actually fighting somebody. You know, you're actually fighting a name name, which he's fought. Or at least uh, I think Logan fought Floyd, which was, it's just ridiculous. But this is a dude that can actually hurt you. Well. Like Floyd isn't going to really, really hurt. He's going to outbox you and outshine you, but. He can hurt you if he lands his punches. I don't like his form. Uh, I, I think he, if he can, if he can, he, he's got power. He's got a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. And I think if he can throw that weight, yeah, he can hurt you. Well, the difference is I think he's, number one, has a long, illustrious fighting record and career. Number two, he's been fighting boxer boxers. Now, the bad part that's going to go against him is Anderson Silva is 47 years old. I had no idea he was 47 years old. Wow. So I don't know if you're moving the same. What is Jake Paul, like 26? Yeah, but and it takes it completely takes away from you actually fighting the name. Now you're fighting just age, old retired people. Yeah, like it, yeah. it's. I don't know. I know. I I don't think he's gunning for respect, is he? Because I hate to no. see him when he wins these fights and he's like, "I can't believe I did it." And I was like, "What do you mean? You talking like, about Silva? You just helped an old man." No, I'm talking oh, about Paul. Jake, Jake Paul, Paul. getting uh, excited he just, he fighting some money. Of these. He just wants money. Hey, Anderson Silva wants money too, but he was asked at the, the, the pre-fight press conference earlier this week. And he said, they asked him, why are you going to fight this young 20-something YouTuber at 47 years old? He says, because i got a family to feed. So he obviously needs See, some money. Yeah. He needs some money. There you go. And, that's, money and that makes me think, like, oh, maybe those rumors of a no-knockout clause are true, or maybe there is, I don't know. It, it, mm. it seems more like a, a fun up. WWE event or yeah. something. So they're fighting, on, scripted. Yeah. they're fighting on October 29th in Phoenix. And uh, former uh, UFC champ Chuck Liddell actually weighed in. Uh, you know, he was asked if he thought that Anderson Silva had a fighting chance. You know, given his advanced age, the last thing to go is power. So yeah, Anderson's a bad man. One of my favorites. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'll, I'll actually, I will actually tune in that one. I don't watch many of those fights. I think that uh, I think Chuck took a couple of punches. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> but Tough but essentially, he basically echoed the sentiments of Tony Duke. From the Rocky Balboa, Rocky Six, where he says the last thing they go on a pun- on a puncher is on, on is his power. 
I'd agree with that. And so I think that's, that's basically is. what he's getting. I'm going to go ahead and take Anderson Silva on this one just because of his experience in the UFC ring uh-huh. uh, and Jake Paul's lack of experience as a boxer. Even if he's got, well, I think he's got like five wins. I don't think that's going to be enough. I think Anderson Silva takes it on points. I don't see him getting knocked out. I'm going to take Jake Paul only because I think that's what was discussed in the script room. I think that's, that's what <laughs> so, that's what we're planning. So on it's like it's like Brandon said, this is just a scripted little seems like a it. little dance between know, Anderson Silva and, and 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 the millionaire Jake Paul. These these are fights that I can't really Gen Z extraordinaire. I mean, I guess I can get behind them. I'm happy Anderson Silva gets to have a fight and feed his family, right? But they're, they're ones that I can't really get my head behind. Like, what are we really trying to do in the ring right now? With all the success that Anderson Silva had in the octagon all those years ago, why, why doesn't he have the money to feed his family now? What'd you do? Like, what, what, what did you do wrong? I don't, I don't uh, Apparently, Who are uh, you, Mike Tyson? If you are uh, Jake Paul or even if you're uh, Brendan Schaub right now, you go after Dana White because of the pay rate. And Anderson Silva, because of all he's done, shouldn't have to go through this. Shouldn't have to be saying stuff like that. But I think that's Dana White deal. He seemed like he wanted to, though. He, I mean, at least, you know, he was very jovial. There's been a pretty respectful thing that Paul and, and Silva both, they've been very respectful to one another. But in that press conference, he, he seemed like he wanted to do this. Well, I mean, it's such a weird, it's such a vast, like, just a huge difference in boxing. The amount you know how much people get paid for pay per views. You know how much Floyd gets paid. You know how much ever everybody gets paid. And if you go to UFC, some of their fights are even bigger, just as big as boxing, and nobody's making that kind of money. You're right. You're right. So I don't unless I don't, your last name's McGregor. So it makes I would think everybody in UFC would be like, I think I'm just going to go boxing. Maybe UFC is a a side hustle, my side job or something like that. I don't know why you would invest so much time when there's another fight thing. That there's a reason they call it prize fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now here's one I want to get your opinion on this mega fight that we just uh, just announced yesterday. The one we've been guys like you and me have been waiting for. Errol Spence. I'm scared. Terrence Crawford. We've been waiting so long for this that I I'm scared of the result now. What? I don't know. Either, because way, either way, a guy gets their first loss of their career. I know, this but this like kind of sets up everything. Like once Terrence Crawford, I mean, he's going to get like probably the old superstars, and he's going to start. That's my opinion. I'll go ahead and say that I have Terrence Crawford in this. I don't think anybody's beating Terrence. Really, Crawford. you like him over Errol Spence? I do. 100%. I think that's probably a good bet. I do. I want to take Errol Spence, but I think you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, Errol Spence and, you know, his daddy and everything, you know, long line of fighters, he's good. But uh, Terrence is just that guy. He is him. And once he beats Errol Spence, I think you'll see a a Terrence and, you know, Golovkin fighter or probably a Canelo fight or something like that. Um, And he'll start being the reigning champion and we'll start seeing maybe Canelo kind of drift away a bit. So you got Spence, Spence WC, WBC, WBA, IBF, IBF champ, and then uh, Crawford's hold, got the WBO title. So this would be unification. Unification. Yeah. That was a lot of WBs. Yeah, it's a, it's too a many lot belts of in boxing, man. <laughs> too many belts in boxing. Just one, and just say you're the world champion. You're the best. That's, That's all it. you need. Yeah. Spence is twenty eight and zero. Crawford thirty eight and zero. You know, I mean, this is a fight. There's a pound for pound fight right here. Uh, I I don't know. I know a lot of. I just heard that there were talks about it, and I saw tweets. I don't even know where it is going to be, or but uh, yeah. I, I actually I don't see here. I think they just said that they've agreed to all material terms, and the legal language is being finalized. So I guess once that's finalized, we'll, we'll know for sure. Well, uh, you know, good luck to both of those guys. That that is a fight of a century. It should be. I know boxing fans are super hyped up for it, but it, even if you're not a boxing fan, this is one of those where. You'll see an amazing display of just athleticism as well as just intelligent boxing. Masterclass in technical boxing, this yeah. will be. Yeah, 100%. If you want to know how it's supposed to be done, these are the guys to learn from. But what sucks is I, I know that the drive-by boxing you know, people that are, you know, I'll grab a Canelo fight or if, yeah. if a big name is fighting, these are big names in the boxing. This, this, this is something that boxing people have been waiting for, and you will... I guarantee you, you will absolutely love that fight. I feel like you and I have been talking about this since I started working in this building like eight years ago. Yeah, you, you know, know what? It has been a while. I mean, it's been a long time we've been talking about Bud Crawford. But and we never complained about why it's taking so long. I just figured, I don't know, they still seem like young guys. Yeah, well, because we, you know, we would get caught up in the Tyson Fury and you know Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder trilogy thing, mm-hmm. you know, trio thing. But Which, by the way, what was your review on the Usyk fight? 
with Joshua? Uh, I thought Yusuf looked great. I thought Joshua looked better than I expected him to. I think he went to school a little bit on the first fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was no match for the technical prowess of, of Alexander Yusik. You were right, you know, in, in the, the decision. I, I, was, I, I, t- I picked a stoppage in the 11th. Uh, but all in all, I, I thought it was a, a pretty good fight. I, I think it's unfortunate that, that we're not going to see Fury and Yusik next. But. I, after that fight, I, I am now rooting, rooting for Anthony Joshua. Well, he's you know he's going to be fighting Tyson Fury on December third, as far as uh, as as, as, and, and as what, it looks. Whose decision? Who like I don't understand why Anthony Joshua would want to take that fight, and I don't even understand why Tyson Fury would want to do that. I understand that they haven't fought each other; they're the two heavyweights. We've been waiting for this, you know, circle of three heavyweights that we want to fight each other. But I, at, at this point, you know who we want to see. What I want to see well, you and, and Fury. Yeah. Well, Yusik, he so he says he's not going to fight again this year because he's hurt. That's fine. So that's why yeah. Fury switched his target over to, to Anthony Joshua. Um, I, I'd like to see that just because I don't like Anthony Joshua. I want to see him get his ass kicked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, but you know that's what's going to happen, and that's why I'm wondering why Anthony Joshua took this fight because you're coming off of a loss, a very disappointing loss, and you're going to put yourself in probably the greatest heavyweight, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, the current, the, the best heavyweight right now. Right. And you're going to put yourself in front of him? It's well, just not a, it's a bad time. You know, anything can happen. I mean, everybody's got a button that, you know, if it gets pressed by the right, the right fist. It got pressed by Deontay Wilder, and he still got up like a zombie. He got up like The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, that was that was that was still one of the best moments in boxing I'd seen in a long time. One of the best fights. Yeah. Well. All right, man. I, so uh, if if Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua do do a meet up, you, you're taking Fury on that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Like every Fury fight. Yeah. It's hard to go. Hard to hard to opt against a guy who's well, like almost 300 pounds and moves like a, a middleweight. And, and that singing voice. Mm. <laughs> Don't want to close your <laughs> eyes, man. Yeah, man. Well, uh, dude, I appreciate you coming in here and weighing in today. Thank you, fellas. Very, for very much. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, we are uh, once again up against the clock here. So uh, that's going to do it for us for this uh, this week here on the bullpen. Friday, 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 Louia. It's Friday, Louia. I was just Amen. about to say, yeah, Friday, yeah. Uh So yeah, man. Big game. Uh, you going to watch the Longhorn game this weekend? I might check it out. Maybe watch. The you got the Longhorn Network. No. It's the only way you can watch it. I'll stream it illegally. There you go. Me too. <laughs> I mean, what? So, yeah, I'm taking the Longhorns over the Roadrunners. Yeah, okay. I'd say uh, I'm going to say it's uh, going to be a 28-17 uh, to 17 ball game. 28-17. I'm going to say it's going to be more like 42-10. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going you really believe in Hudson Garden? I do. Okay. Yeah. And Charles Wright. And Boca. And He's and got Sark. the Boca. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We will see you on Monday. Stick around. Uh, Paul Feinbaum up next. That's right. See ya. We'll see you.